back in, everyone. This is Tim and Boardman and Anthony in Canfield. And this is episode 39 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. You can find us on the internet at radiomvp.com, facebook.com, uh, slash Radio MVP Pod, and on the internet on Twitter at Real Radio MVP. As we get started, what a lot of things have happened in the two weeks that we've last talked here, Anthony. And no, I'm going to just put this out there right away. Probably the most important one has absolutely nothing to do with sports in general, but it has the most impact on sports. The Supreme Court ruled that sports betting is now available in all 50 states if they choose to do it. Yeah, that's going to open up a uh, big market now. And uh, you've seen the success that Nevada, I I think they have the perfect blueprint of how to go about uh, sports betting in a state. So you think that states like West Virginia who have big casinos, they'll be on their way to having a, a solid blueprint also. Uh, but it's opened up a, an avenue that we have never seen before. And it's exciting too. It's, um, you know, it's just another way to, to enhance the fans engagement of the game. It's going to be neat to see how this goes the next three Probably three to five years, maybe a little bit longer uh, for uh, some of the other states. But it's what I think more than anything is going to open up a whole new industry mm-hmm. for online betting and online play, maybe even online casino play slash uh, poker that we may see in certain states. Right now, we have that type of, uh, of gaming going on in like you mentioned in New Jersey and Las Vegas and in Nevada, I believe uh, the other state is Delaware that has it. Pennsylvania just passed it yep. and probably will have it up and running here in the next few months. And I imagine they will look to expand it to, uh, to uh, gaming on, uh, on sports. So it should be interesting to see how this all works out. I'm not really concerned about it. I know a lot of people no. are, I think there was a big yell here in Youngstown, Ohio, from all the bookies that just cried that they lost their jobs. I think they still have a job. It just uh, it'll be different than um, than before. That's just more of an inside joke to everybody here in the valley, as uh, we've known for our gambling over the years throughout the history of the of the Mahoning Valley. Honestly, I think this is an an opportunity. It's going to be interesting to see how this comes about. I don't know if it'll go as far. As what you see in Europe, where you have actual in-game betting situations going on, or parlors basically at the stadiums, where you can go to a kiosk and, and make a bet. I don't think it's going to go that far. I really don't. But I definitely can see it on your on your phone as an on online app, and that you put X amount of money on, and then you have the opportunity to make these. Those uh, those betting lines, you know, and whatever it may be, if it's and come football season, it's just going to explode. And I'll be honest, on a political level, uh, I think it's going to be good for a lot of states. It's a way for them to raise revenue that they mm-hmm. haven't used and quote unquote not taxing the people, you know. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how that all lines up. Actually, not I'm not surprised. I think everyone expected that the decision to come down. I'm not concerned about the infiltration of sports like you had in the Black Sox of the 1919, you know, scandal or the Pete Rose scandal, that type of thing in the 80s. I'm not really concerned about that level. 
will there be push shaving? There has been in the past. There probably will be in the future. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, we've seen it at the collegiate level many times. And if anything, this may uh, promote sports betting in the sense that you're going to find, I think, the NCA take a new route of maybe mm-hmm. uh, making sure players are taken care of better yes. than they are today, not just room and board and uh, you know free tuition, that type of thing. Because let's be honest, it's a billion-dollar industry with college sports is today, mm-hmm. and these players don't get nearly – the same value back as what they what they give to these universities. And these, let's be honest, a handshake agreement. You know, we're going to give you an opportunity to play at the highest level of, of athletics at the collegiate level, and you'll have the opportunity to take this, take your skill set and move it to the next level if you so are able to do it. And that's what has been going on for the last 50 years. And we'll see, you know, how that affects that in the long term. But I'm actually – Middle ground about it. I really don't mind. I'm happy about it in a sense, but I never bet on games. So it never really affected me. I was more of a fantasy guy and I'm more of a, a sports guy who enjoys just the game. Uh, the preakness that happened yesterday was nice, but I didn't have any money on it. I had no desire. I could have gone to Austin Town and, 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 and put a couple dollars on it. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, that horse race betting is there and uh, you know maybe in the future a sports book will be in Austin town we'll have to wait and see how the state of ohio handle us yeah i think it's going to be in the long term i think what you point on it's you know it just keeps shifting towards the uh technology side of things you know year year and year out we keep getting more advanced in our technology and this is just another step uh, to have betting on our uh, phones and tablets. And I think it's also going to be beneficiary, beneficial to smaller communities like ours here in Youngstown and the surrounding areas that do have nice casinos. we got a really nice casino right down the road from uh, you and I, and I think maybe in a couple years when they do have a sports parlor there, um, it, it will help bring in more revenue to an area. And, you know, who knows, maybe revitalize another area that, you know, had – I've seen some rough times uh, to bounce off the NCAA thing. I hope they use this as a springboard and don't look at it as a black eye or a negative, because like you said, it's a billion dollar industry and athletes nowadays with their jerseys being sold with t-shirts being sold their numbers on it. You know, the, these guys don't get as much as you think. I was talking to a former Notre Dame football player uh, who played in the uh, early 2010s, um, and he said that when they went to a bowl game, his mom had to pay her her own way. The NCAA would not cover it. Now, okay, I can see that. When they went to Ireland to play a game, the NCAA would not, would not help them out with anything. I can, I can understand. You know, bull games, okay, we're not going to send all the families. But for a special trip to Ireland that you get once every 20 years, that's the once-in-a-lifetime trip. And, you know, not everybody's families uh, can afford to go on their own. Oh, I, there's no so, question. And, and the university itself should have be able to plan cover some place, of that. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, and, you know, like you said, uh, it's a wait-and-see game like everything nowadays. 
you know, you can't make a judgment right now. Oh, this is going to be off. This is going to be great. You know, more wait and see two to five years how each state handles it. But I do think there's a good blueprint in states like you mentioned, Delaware, New Jersey, and Nevada, of course. Yeah, I'm really kind of curious to see how this all shakes out. I honestly, I'm not a gambler on that level. Uh, I've never gone in and say, oh, I got to play the Steelers minus four against this opponent or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, you want to bet the first been... half line of the coin toss. Yeah, you're not going to be like, man, I got to bet the first half line. There, yeah, well, you know what? There are always going to be those type of prop bets. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that's going to bring in certain amount of people into that. And let's face it. On a Super Bowl type scenario, you're going to find that. And, oh yeah, and, and it's a big part of the atmosphere of the game is what what type of betting as situations goes on. But I'm talking about maybe the January NBA game. I don't know if that anyone really is going to go crazy about betting on whatever game may be playing on January 16th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just Bulls. Yeah, right. And, well, I'm sure there are those who do, and there's there are those who are successful or unsuccessful at it, but. My point is, I just don't think it's going to be important as much as when you have these major events going on, mm-hmm. like the NCAA, you know, tournament, like the bowl games, like the Super Bowl or the playoffs or the NFL in general each week. I think that's where, you know, that's going to come in, into play. Uh, I don't know if, if betting baseball is going to be that that big of a, a profit margin for all involved. Maybe there is more there than I know. And I, and I don't say it isn't there. I'm just saying I don't think it's a high percentage of the uh, business. Like I said, I don't expect we're going to see a European model where you're going to see kiosks necessarily at sporting events where you can make, make uh, bets on changing numbers as they go throughout the game or bet the first quarter or the fourth quarter only or whatever the case may be. Hey, it could happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just don't expect it to happen. And maybe it happens in Las Vegas now. I really don't know. I just don't see that as a as a major play, but it, it very well may be. You know, really familiar with that type of a, the industry. I've always been a uh, reporter slash fan atmosphere guy, and uh, you know, like I said, I'll dabble in the fantasy sports, even daily fantasy sports, once in a while for the fun of it. But I don't play every day. I don't. Uh, I play my season long fantasy stuff because it keeps you involved and you have fun. Uh, drafting the players and watching them perform throughout the year and making changes and proposing trades and being like a GM. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, that's what that game's all about. However, uh, betting game, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. And, you know, I know uh, there are those who are in the state of Ohio right now trying to uh, get new legislation going as soon as possible, because look, each state's going to have to make its own rules and regulations and they're going to get, that together and they'll work it through and there will there be compromises between states where they can use uh different pools together i'm sure that's the case mm-hmm. but we'll have to wait and see like you said it's down the road it's not going to happen overnight but i think it's going to change the landscape of how people view sports and think of sports on a legal level but uh, just in general because everyone will be talking more point spreads and stuff like that you know who's the favorite, who's the underdog, but that, that's more of a sporting. That's a sports betting thing mm-hmm. to me. It always has been, because uh, on on an even playing field, a team can win, a team can lose. Yep. You know, and we, they can be blown out, as we've seen in the uh, NBA playoffs this year, uh, especially this round with the Cavs yep. and the Celtics, three blowouts. You know, basically, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But 
I'm, I'm kind of, you know, open arms to it, open, uh, open thought process, see what happens. And, but I'm not against it. I think it's, it's a good thing for, uh, most States. I, I know for sure we'll never see it in Utah. You know, I know no. we're going to see no. it in certain, certain States are going to absolutely say no. As we uh, move on, Anthony, let's talk quickly about our Indians. Uh, get you going here. Have some fun. Let you uh, rant a little bit. I'm yeah. going to let you go, and then I'm going to answer you this time. All right. I was thinking all, all morning of how to approach this. And coming off a 5-4 win yesterday, I think we're going to realize one thing. We probably realized already. And we've seen it for decades. The Indians don't win easy. That's fair. The, the Indians are not going to win easy. And in baseball, the good thing about it is at the end of the day, in the standings, they're not going to be like, well, you won this one ugly, so we're going to give you half a win. A win's a win. You try to grind on any win you can get. Uh, I'm not going to state the yeah, We know we have major problems in the bullpen. I don't know if the bullpen is – as bad as it seems. At first, I was thinking, boy, this is a historically bad bullpen. We're giving two or three runs every time we go out. Obviously, Wednesday was just laughable. You're up eight to four, nine to four, and you expect to lose the game. That's The bullpen is also making pitches to where they're getting ground ball outs that should be outs, and the plays aren't being made. So you can yell and complain about the bullpen guys giving up runs, but if the double play is made, then the back-to-back doubles don't matter. You, you know, right now the ball's not bouncing our way in terms of, well, there have been a couple strike threes that we should have got that weren't called, and the floodgates opened up after that. It's just right now May's been a really bad month. The good thing about baseball, it's not going to go this way forever because you're going to have a month where – Things are going really, really good that, you know, you think, wow, this can't be this good. You know, it's just the ebbs and flows of baseball. Also, we do need to make a couple moves for the bullpen. The only main concern I have is Andrew Miller. And I and it's not, well, he got rocked. Is he healthy? I don't know if Andrew Miller is completely healthy. He's a guy that will pitch and do anything for his team and do anything for a win. And sometimes we've seen the past couple years where – Maybe he's come off the DL a little too soon, you know, and he's won all. He doesn't like taking rehab assignments. Um, and I can understand that, you know, it's, if you're going to rehab assignment, you might as well pitch a major league game, you know, because he knows when he goes to face Columbus guys or AAA guys, he knows, you know, he's going to overmatch them. It's obviously mental right now. And hopefully last night, Cody Allen getting a five out save where he had to, grin and bear and make some tough pitches against it, a lineup that just keeps coming at you. Hopefully that can give you some momentum. Uh, the starting pitching has been really good. Clevenger pitched a gem in game one. You just got beat. You just, you got beat. Kluber pitched well yesterday. So hopefully when the calendar turns to June here, we can forget about the month of May. Uh, we can get some momentum going with the bullpen. I do like, I think Neil Ramirez has looked good. Ozzy gave up a run yesterday, but he's looked good. If Otero can get the ball down, not by much, but by a little, he'll start getting better. Olsen seems to be getting better. Uh, you know you're going to get with McAllister. Some days he's going to go lights out. 
and some days he's going to give up the occasional home run or double in it, you know. So hopefully yesterday with the Cody Allen save uh, that you had to work for, uh, you get some momentum. You can come back today, take a deep breath, and go, okay, we can get meaningful outs. Against a team like Houston, you are going to give up runs. That lineup is just incredible. There's a pitch that Altuve hit yesterday that was in the other batter's box, and he hit it to right field for a single. All you do is take their cap. I, I mean, there are some times where our guys are making pitches, and they're just getting hit. The funny thing about baseball, it seems our lineup has figured itself out. I don't think we're relying as much on the home run. We still are relying a little too much on it, but not solely for runs. The move that Tito made to put Brant in the two-hole, I think, is paying off. The only complaint I have, everybody knows, is why we haven't made a change at second base yet with a guy hitting 300 right in the bench and a young guy who's going to be our future. But I'm not Terry Francona. I haven't won a couple awards series, so I'm not going to go off on that tangent. I was going to go off and say, you know what, this is a joke. This, is, But if you look back on it, it's guys got to make plays. Uh, Linder's got to field the ball better. Kittner's got to field the ball better. And, you know, we just got to get some bounces to go our way. So hopefully – these next seven games are going to be awfully tough against Houston and the Cubs. So hopefully we can start making plays. The good thing is the 97 bullpen wasn't phenomenal and they only won 86 games and, you know, went on a run. So hopefully it's a flip of last year where we're ice cold to begin and we get gradually better. Uh, like you said many times on this podcast, this team just needs something to get going. Last year, they got the walk-off. An hour after you came on the air and said they need a walk-off win from down big to get it. Um, you know, so hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Like we know, Terry Francona's teams are usually second-half teams. So hang around, stay in first place till the, the all-star break, and then get going. You're not far off of my thought process. Here, here's what I – the Indians' bullpen needs – just a little success. And what yeah. I mean by that is they need this to happen. And the perfect scenario will happen against either the Astros in the next the week yep. or the Cubs. This obviously Sunday night baseball tonight with the Astros, two games with the Cubs, and then back home against the Astros. Here's the scenario I, I think that would help the bullpen the most. Let's put the scenario where the Indians are in a ball game three to two, trailing yep. three to two in the sixth inning, and you had to go to the bullpen. For the first time in a long time, the bullpen holds. And then the Carnegie Bombers, who yep. uh, lead the major leagues in home runs this year, uh, come through with a big bomb, a two-run dinger type scenario, back-to-back, -back, and all of a sudden, all those bad feelings go away. And your bullpen gives you multiple innings mm -hmm. and keeps you in the game and has you an opportunity to win. And your bats then come alive late. Extra inning ball games this year, unfortunately, have all basically been losses, and yep. that's one of the problems yep. they've had is they haven't been able to scratch the run across when they needed it, and they've burned out their bullpen in the process. Uh, the few times that they had deep game ball, each player has to look at themselves and make their own decision of what their what their value is to this team and how they're going to make themselves better. Do I believe Otero? Do I believe in McAllister? I do to a certain level. I think they're both quality major league pitchers. Do you miss the everyday of certain pitchers? Absolutely. There's no question. I, I miss Brian Shaw. I was yeah, wrong. I, 
I have been saying that for two years to you, you know, and that I said, Brian Shaw, I'll admit, look, I'm not saying he's, you know, goose gossage because he's not, but what he is, is a guy who, yeah, he, he can bridge gaps and look, he's going to give up his home runs. He's going to give up Mm -hmm. his hits because he gets, he's going to appear in 80 ball games. You don't have that right now. And I'm not sure they're going to find that they're going to use two or three players and they'll probably look to make a trade. Yeah, throughout the summer. And will it be tomorrow? I have no idea. I doubt it. Will it be in June? Possible. Will it be in July? Most likely. You know, could it be in August again? Yeah. You know, it all depends on where you're at and what you do. And will they find someone from the minor leagues that come up and be that guy who uh, bridged that gap? They may. And it may take time for that guy to develop still and for them to put them in the right situation to succeed. I think the bullpen right now is the biggest concern. Obviously concerned that they can't put multiple hits in an ending together. Obviously, so I think... We're not getting them in now. Well, if Incarcion can come through as a cleanup hitter, that will that will change everything in the lineup. Yep. And that's where we're at right now. He's batting about 214. You know, he has his 10 dingers and maybe, 20, what, 15, 18 RBIs. I think he I has mean, 9 and 18. Yeah, he is... Yeah, he's in that range. 10 and 20. Yeah. Yeah, he's in that range. But my point is the Indians need Incursion to become the run producer that he needs to be in the middle of the lineup that extends the lineup perfectly. Uh, They don't necessarily have a natural leadoff hitter, but they'll figure that out. Obviously, Lindor's done great. Defensively, he's had his problems this year. Uh, Mentally, he's just thrown the ball away. He's made bad choices, and he's not the only one. They all have done that in the outfield, too. And the outfield right now is my biggest concern. I mean, you got Brantley, but nobody else right now. Thank and you. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we'll see Milky Cabrera soon because Milky Cabrera is, is pretty he solid has 11 guy. Days. Yeah. He so has we'll see. I think we're going to see him soon. I think we're going to see him soon. I could be wrong. Lonnie Chisenhall supposedly starting a uh, rehab. So the injury bug has hurt the Indians. Tyler I mean, obviously was swinging 300 bat too when he went down. That's a that's a bigger loss. And- you know, but like you said, if you get, you know, the defense of Chisinau back, when he's healthy, he's an elite defender out there in right field. We've seen it. I do think within the week we're going to see Melky Cabrera because he got to make a decision. He has a June 1st opt-out in his contract, and I and I do think they want to see what he can give them. Yeah, they're not just going to release him. He's not going to be Joey Bats yeah. who just got released from uh, Atlanta. That's not going to be the scenario. He's been brought here to play. And at least give the opportunity to play before somebody else signs him. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine him not playing. And, look, you're still in first place, like I said last time. You know, that's the bottom line. You continue to play well enough, get some players to come through, and uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the starting staff is just phenomenal with one ex- one exception. And But for the most part, you can expect uh, you know four guys to give you good quality outings each time. When that's right, he there did look is, better on. Huge. Uh, I will say the the rotation one through four is solid. Tomlin ha- looked better against Detroit. Now it's Detroit. It's not a great lineup, but like you said, we just need positive things to ha- to happen in succession. Hopefully, he can take. You know, it wasn't a great outing, but as a fifth starter, you're not asking to throw seven scoreless innings he looked better hopefully this thursday with an extended break against houston he can not implode when i'm there and i like the idea of throwing Plutko wednesday 
if he goes out again and has a good start against the Cubs, that causes Tomlin to, okay, well, I got to step up my game. And usually when Josh Tomlin the past three or four years has been back in the corner and we say, oh, he's done. That's it. We've got this guy. He's going to come up, take a spot. Tomlin always seems to start throwing better starts. So hopefully, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. You know, May's been an awful month for us, but it historically has the past six or seven years under Francona. The Indians are exactly where they normally have been the last four years, around 500 this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different club, though. There's a different feel. You know, you're like I said, the pitching woes right now in the bullpen are a concern. It's a level concern, meaning it, you have to see improvement. You have to see reasons to believe in them. And like even yesterday, we, you know, they gave up the two runs. They almost gave up three that became really close to the home run for Altuve and, mm-hmm. and scenarios like that. So. You know they're still they're still battling themselves. So hopefully they can figure this out and and move the pitching staff one through four. You're getting close to seven innings to start. I mean you're getting six. The last nine outs right now are the are the hardest outs for the Indians to get, and that's where we're where they're at. And yeah, obviously a healthy <laughs> Miller will make a huge difference to that team. A confident Allen will make a huge difference. Hopefully he has that. We'll probably see Miller close today. Yep. With Miller, with the Allen going five outs yesterday, um, barring maybe a short outing, maybe less than an inning type scenario, Andrew Miller in that role here in the next day or two, just for to give Allen a break and give him a day off. However, getting to Allen or whoever the closer may be is the toughest part right now for the Indians, mm-hmm. and that's where it concerns. My concerns: they're hitting home runs at an epic pace. Yeah, they I mean, are. Everyone coming into the season was talking about the Yankees. The Indians are, are like six or seven home runs ahead of that. Uh, they're leading Major League Baseball in home runs. It's it's the Carnegie Bombers is what I'm calling them. You know, <laughs> it's just it's phenomenal what they're doing. But hey, it is a uh, it's it's fun to watch. There's no panic button pushed here in, in May, as you sense. You know, it's May twentieth. It's not you know, yeah, it's not August twentieth, which then there is a panic button. Because there's not much moves you can make at that time of the year. Two points, real quick. They lead the they lead Major League Baseball with 67 home runs. Boston has 65. The Yankees 63. The Indians two years ago in the World Series run were only two games better than they are today. So you know, as bad as things have looked, it's there a long are season. There are four or five games out there that we've blown that we should have won. So baseball tells you that throughout the next 100-something games, there are going to be four or five games that we should have lost that we're going to win. Like you said, let's hope last night was something we can build off and then, you know, we get going, have a nice road trip. I think, what, it's five games on the road? Is that it? Five games in the road and we go home? Yes. Hopefully we can go two and three. I'll take two and three. I'll be happy two and three. Come home and, you know, let's let's get going, turn the month to June, and I think everybody will be a little bit happier. And as we turn the corner to the other part of Gateway, we talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they have achieved so far. They're down one game. Uh, they lost two Epic games up in Boston, getting blown out and having a lead and losing it, and then coming home and blowing out the Celtics, taking uh, game three. 
last night. And I want to say this. I expect the Cavs to be able to win again on Monday night and tie this game at two. And then the pivotal game will be games, you know, five and game six. Five, obviously, yeah. obviously five in Boston, who's undefeated at home, will be huge. And if they end up winning that game, you have to come home, obviously, in a must-win, win game six, to have force in game seven. But the series may be won or lost on game five, no matter what. Yep. Because if the Cavs are down three to one, uh, they have to go to Boston and win two. So game five is, becomes that pivotal game again. So either way, uh, that's where we're at. And just in case I never said it before, and I know I have, anybody who doesn't think LeBron James is the greatest player in basketball today needs to get their head examined. I mean, what he has achieved uh, is just phenomenal. What the points that he's putting up, the numbers that he's putting up are ungodly this time of the year. You know, he had a triple-double yesterday, and he sat out the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those scenarios, which anybody who thinks he's leaving Cleveland, I, it's possible. I I'll, I'll always say it's possible. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm not concerned. And if it happens, hey, we got 2016, hopefully 2018, you know. Something's still magical to happen. This team here needs to work as a team, and when they work as a team, they win. Follow the lead of, of LeBron James, and they have a chance. You know, the Covers, the the Smiths, the Nances, the Hills, you name the guys. Know your role. Play your role. Be the guy. The two big guys on this team are Love and, and James, and James and Love will, will lead the team most weeks or most games, I should say. And then, obviously, you know, those who chip in, if it's a Cover, if it's a Smith, if it's a Hill, if it's a Clarkson, that's what matters. That's what they're built on, and that's what they need to do. And uh, right now, you know, Ty Lue has to find that combination that works on a on a more successful level on each and every game. Okay. Cleveland fans and – me included with the Indians, but Cleveland fans love to have this thing out. It's called a panic button, and we like to push it a little more earlier than we think. Cavs fans, put it away. It's done. It's over. We knew when you play the Boston Celtics 10 years ago or now, you know it's not going to be easy. The Cavs have the Raptors number. It's in the Raptors said, we can't beat LeBron. Boston knows. They can beat LeBron. Okay. Boston's playing really well. You played really well in the first half of game two. Okay, you didn't get it done. But now you see now in game three, you are the better team in this series. You saw it for 24 minutes in in game two. You saw it for a whole 48 minutes in game three. That right there is 60 minutes. Now in game four, you're at home again. Boston's terrible on the road. You win that game, and I'll go as far as saying blow them out. And now you got the Celtics thinking, well, maybe we just got, you know, maybe you woke up the king. Put it to bed. There is no player in the NBA this year or any year that is better than LeBron James. He is what, 15 years into his NBA career, he has played every game, and he's putting up video game stats, as the famous sports cliche is. What he's doing 
is mind-boggling. And just think, if Love and Smith or Corver, not Love, Smith, Corver, and you know, Love all step up, but if just three of those guys step up and give LeBron some help, good Lord. I mean, look, are the Cavs going to win the NBA Finals? I don't see them beating Golden State or Houston. But right now, they've got to beat Boston. And I think I said Cavs in six beginning of the series. I'm going to stick by it. There's no reason to me to believe after seeing games one through three uh, that Cleveland can't win four in a row. Um, we've seen in the hockey, and I think we're going to see it now. I think the Cavs blow them out tomorrow night. I think they come back to Boston in a pivotal game five that we all know game five in a seven game series is the make or break game. And I think they win that game. And I think they come home and I think they wrap it up and they go on to play Golden State or Houston. And just think, Cavs fans, you don't want to sweep. Teams who have sweeps and a long layoff tend to don't come out well. I think we saw that in game one and maybe game two. That They just, you know, they were rusty. Now the Cavs got their momentum going. Now they've activated and woken up LeBron. That's not a good thing. So put the panic button away. I know people at work were pounding the panic button, going, oh, God, it's over, it's over, it's over. Listen, he's not leaving Cleveland. He's not leaving Cleveland. He's worked. They're going to win this series in six, and then we're going to see what happens in the NBA Finals. But Cavs fans, calm down. Boston's a really good team. I know they're missing Hayward. I know they're missing Irving. But they're coached by one of the best coaches in the NBA right now. Boston's got talent. If you look at Brad Stevens' teams from at Butler to now, he always does this. He will find a way to get his guys competitive. And they're going to win games they're not supposed to win. But at the end of the day, you've seen that, and it's not a shot at Brad Stevens. Usually the more talented team just went out over Brad Stevens' teams. But like I've said to people at work, you better beat Boston this year because next year you, you may not beat them when they're fully healthy. Oh, there's a question. Next year's a totally different animal. And you don't have to worry about that until 2019. Yep. But uh, I know what you're saying. Uh, no, Brad Stevens has obviously shown, as we talked about last time, why he's one of the best, if not the best, coach in the NBA today. And the way that team plays unselfishly and moves the ball, uh, it's really terrific. And he's yep. going to come up with a plan yep. for game four. And it will be a quality plan. And he'll get his players to buy into it. And I'm not concerned about that. Uh, when you look at the uh, comparison of coaches, yeah, I, I mean, I think Stevens out. This is you know Ty oh. Lue tremendously, mm -hmm. and however Ty Lue has made some moves that have worked, and he has tried to uh, manage you know the best player in the league, which is never easy, and he has done that. So, I mean, give him credit where credit is due, but. Overall, coaching talent, yeah, I love Brad Stevens. There's actually no question about it. What he brings to the Celtics and to the NBA is a higher level than most coaches do. And there are a few of them out there that do that, and he's one of them. And I think Steve Kerr's is another for uh, yep. Golden State. As for you know the, who wins the West, 
I still think it's going to be Golden State. I really do. Uh, I, I honestly, in the end, the Cavaliers made the trades they made this year not to win the East, but to, to play, yeah, to play the to match up hopefully better against Golden State. It's not going to be easy. It never is, and you just have to wait and see how that all winds down with a person, uh, Nate Nate Mavis, who's a from Boston. He's a big Detroit sports fan, but he loves this Boston team. He's from Massachusetts, and he was Twitter back and forth. And and I teased him before the season, uh, the series began. I says, and the Cavs will win in four and five. And after game two, I tweeted him back. He says, well, it's possibly that I'm absolutely wrong about my <laughs> prediction. You know what? And, and the truth of the matter is, this is this is what he was talking about. This is just a great team to watch. Yep. If you love basketball, the Celtics is a fun team to watch. Uh if the Cavaliers come out and play defense like they did in Game Three, if the We're Cavaliers come out and, and understand everything they need to do, you get Cover involved hitting threes, and you get you know Jr. back into the line where he feels that he's contributing. It makes a huge difference uh, in spreading this four, and you add the athleticness of Nance along with uh, Thompson. It changes the the atmosphere of this team, and it can do it. However, they seem to always not be firing on all eight cylinders. Together. There are times they're on six cylinders and there's times there's on less than that. And you, you see it. Now's the time for this team just to, to rise up, take on the challenge and, and try to be the best team it possibly can each and every night out because the rest of the season win or lose against Boston, win or lose against Golden <laughs> state slash Houston. Uh, that's what this team needs to do is finish strong. And, you know, if it finishes strong and loses like it did in 2015, no one's going to ever, mm-hmm. ever take anything away from them. If it finishes strong like they did in 2016 and win it all, that'll be special. And we'll just have to wait to see what the story ro- rolls the, uh, this year. Speaking of a team that got on a roll who has not stopped until last night was the Youngstown Phantoms. Yes. How about them? Give them credit where credit is due. What an I only got run, a chance huh? to see them once this year. Uh, that was back in January. I did not go uh, this weekend. I wanted to, but just the opportunity was not there. Uh, their season came to the end last night, four to two. But wow, what a what a run! What a uh, pivotal point I think for that organization to uh, make that deep run into the playoffs and and play for the championship in the Clark Club, and hopefully uh, get some people uh, excited about hockey in this area and maybe uh, you know spend the ten dollars to go see them on a, a little bit more weekly uh, event during the uh, winter. Yeah, it's everybody's always complaining here in Youngstown. Oh, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do. Bullcrap. You have to look outside of your narrow box. And we have some really fun things to do here. And I'm not a big hockey fan, uh, but you look at the Youngstown Phantoms run, and, it, and I'm probably guilty of the old – well, this is the typical Youngstown thing, but it's just that gritty run that they get hot late and they and they take you on a really fun ride. Unfortunately, it came up a little bit short against uh, Fargo, uh, but it was a fun ride. And the fans have had some successes in the past couple of years, and hopefully, like you said, this can springboard them to more success and hopefully get uh, people more excited about hockey in the area because they do put on a good product. Um, and it's the a move, fun, it's a fun night. If you have a chance, I recommend the Valley it. Center. You know that's been a great thing. You know, hopefully, like you said, it gets people excited. It's cheap. 
it's a fun thing to do, you know, but congratulations to them on a fun ride and uh, hopefully it, it enhances the hockey fever, as people like to say, you know, because now nobody thought hockey could succeed in Vegas and look at how that's taken off, like just incredible, you know, so hopefully last night's a nice run to get people in Youngstown excited about hockey. Oh, there's no question. There's hockey fans in this area. A lot of them are Penguin fans. Mm -hmm. Some of them are other team fans, you know, from uh, different areas of the uh, of the NHL. But for the most part, you can definitely call this a, a Penguin uh, community. No, I, there's no question. I think the Phantoms had a great run, and it was great for the community. And mm -hmm. hopefully people will see it in the future, and, and we wish them nothing but the best. And, you know, congratulations on, a, on an amazing run to the, to the finals. And, and hopefully uh, next year will be the year they uh, they raise the cup uh, on um, on home ice as they had the opportunity this year, but came up just a little bit short. You mentioned my team, the Vegas Knights, yep. the Golden Knights, uh, up three one against the Jets from Winnipeg today. They play at three p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, if you're not even a sports fan, which I doubt if you're listening to this, you would be. But <laughs> if you never seen the opening to the games in Vegas. You have to check it out. Now, tonight's game or today's game is in Winnipeg. If, if the Jets win, uh, obviously there'll be game six in in Vegas. Check that one out. NBC Sports Networks, whatever they uh, may be, might be on NBC, might be on NBC Sports Network, whatever the case may be, but check it out. Uh, and if it's the game one of the of the Stanley Cup Finals, even better thought process. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a phenomenal. There's not a better show pregame than watching the Vegas pregame opening. It is phenomenal. They put on a show with lights, a skaters, a storyline between the two two teams that are playing. It is absolutely uh, phenomenal. It's everything you expect out of Vegas. And yeah. game uh, four, they had uh, Wayne Newton. You know they're. Yep. Uh, running the uh, the playoff horn to start the game. So it was is phenomenal and it is it's it's a great show that it puts on. And I'm quite honestly in this area a lot of penguins fans as I mentioned they'll be cheering on Flurry as he continues mm -hmm. his move with the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and what I tell you what he has just been phenomenal. Talk about a goalie playing on, on you know upside down on his head diving left and right to make plays and uh, they play a little later today. I'm looking forward to it. Look, I told you going into this series, I thought the Jets were just the team, the worst case scenario for mm -hmm. for Vegas, and they will have their chance at home, you know, in that whiteout, in that atmosphere. And they're big, they're strong, they're fast. It's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything ins and out, but I'm just rooting for the, I'm just rooting for the Knights. Get on, get on board, have some fun. And uh, enjoy this hockey uh, playoffs as the Stanley Cup comes to uh, its semifinals conclusion here, here this week. And uh, it's going to be great. And uh, the Caps, how about them? Uh, the Caps and the Bolts, they both lose their two game sweeps at home. I should say they both get swept by mm -hmm. the opponent at home. And now it's a 1 1 1 series, a three game series. And the Caps lose again. Yeah, uh, it's just it's phenomenal. I mean, it's going to be it's interesting. It's a typical to see Washington about, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's incredible that now know, they have that, to go down. They got down to Tampa Bay and win again. Yeah, it's incredible that uh, you know you think the Cowboys are up two nothing. Wow, they might actually do this thing, and then yeah, 
they woke Crazy. up Tampa Bay, and it's. I think you're starting to see that maybe the Lightning are. My friend's a big hockey fan. He said Lightning in five. Well, they can't win in five, so uh, he said it's over in six. So they've been playing great hockey. There's no question about it. So it could be very possibly Tampa Bay and Vegas, two uh, two cities you would not necessarily ever thought yeah, about as thought NHL that, yeah, twenty years hockey, ago. Yeah. Uh, of course, the uh, Tampa Bay did win the Stanley Cup back, or I think it was two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and they have done it before, and it has uh, their position in, in sports here the last few years. So it should be good. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. It's 3 o'clock today. i got to go out and do some yard work before it rains. Nothing but rain in our area here, uh, oh, Anthony. Man. Hey, but it's starting to get better, behind. though. It's starting to get better. Monday and Tuesday are supposed to be nice starts of the week, and I think the weekend's going to be nice. So it's warm. We can't complain about that. Exactly. It's hey, everyone, so just a reminder. Too. Just a reminder, you can find us on the internet at RadioMVP.com, on Facebook, RadioMVP, slash, dot com, slash, RadioMVPpod, and The Real MVP on Twitter. Anthony, final thoughts here for today. Cavs fans, put the panic button away. It's okay. As my Cavs fans, friends say at work, we have LeBron James. It's okay. Don't panic. Take care of business tomorrow night, and I'll see what happens. All right, with the new betting slip in hand, get ready to put your money down on the Cavs, the Vegas Knights, and let's let's go Tribe. How's that? Let's go Tribe. Please, let's get a win. (laughs) All right, for Anthony and Canfield, I'm Tim and Portman. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for checking us out on RadioMVP.com, and we will be talking to you real soon. Goodbye, everyone.